Welcome to the Cap City Outfitters podcast. This is episode 213. You've got Chris and Brian, and today we're going to talk about another pistol training thing we did that focused on working around vision barriers, um, shooting through ports, and then also some breakdown of the draw stroke um, in the interest of finding some speed and efficiencies um, inside the draw stroke. So without further ado, we'll get to it. Absolutely. Um, guys, the, we, we keep throwing out the idea that, you know, that if you're looking at the, the efficiency at which you do things with a firearm, either toward the ends of shooting a comp- in a competitive environment or in a, um, in a defensive environment, is that any time you leave on the table, any time you leave out there is time the other guy gets, essentially, to do whatever work he's going to do. Um, you know, so if you leave it on the table, he's going to eat it kind of mentality. Um, the, 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 some of the stuff that we did was around that, but we, we really, within our group of guys that we train with, have some guys who were working on draw stroke and stuff like that, trying to really push that. Um, cause we've got some guys doing strong side, which is fine. That's what works for them. Um, and they've, you know, they've come to accept that, that that's where they're going to carry. That's where it's convenient. It's where it's comfortable. Um, part of that might be where they work, how they work, um, their line of work, etc. Um, and, and just going from there. So the other part of that is a little bit of a mentality of, I don't want the gun pointed at my junk. That's cool. Whatever. It's you, you, you do you, boo-boo, but just understand that there's... The strong never, side is slow. Yeah, it's slower, right? I mean, there's just no two ways about it. You know, there's guys out there. And if you look at, and again, if you look at, if you look at even tactical law enforcement and some street cops nowadays, I mean, we, mm-hmm. we recently had a gentleman in uh, the shop just this past week who's with CPD, who's a lieutenant, who's rocking his gun is it is not on his right hip at three o'clock it is rocked forward um the gun's canned a little bit forward um and the in the this lt is a flat-out gunfighter man he's a dude who trains he does he knows his stuff um and he probably doesn't need a gun to whoop your ass either um but that's you know kind of that same mentality um but there's a, a look at where you're carrying the gun and what it gives you and then breaking that down on a draw stroke and because we focused a little bit on draw stroke as well breaking down draw stroke, I think it really gave the couple guys carrying strong side, especially kind of that really 430, 430 position, um, kind of that reality check it. Okay, this is something I have to work with and just understand that. Uh, part of that conversation was understanding that if you really research, especially civilian gunfights um, or, or non-uniformed law enforcement gunfights, civilian closed gunfights, this, that, and the other, that you you see a lot of is there truly a necessity for that one second you know sub one second draw well i don't know about a necessity but i'll take as much speed anywhere i can get it i'll take as much efficiency anywhere i can get it to get the gun into the fight or get the gun into the match and so holster position on you and then draw strip beyond that i think are still something that's very very important um subsequent conversations over the last couple weeks around that with some other guys who who train this stuff and teach other people if you're already say a 1.5 from an als als sls system if you're running a 1.5 from an als sls system consistently as a cop which is a retention holster for those of us that don't speak cop gotcha yeah <laughs> well it's safari land so it's a yeah. kind of ubiquitous kind of that's the beast if, if you're out there and you're, and you're running sub 1.5, maybe you're one two one three one four with that system, um, I don't know that it's worth it for you to chase sub 1 and allocate the time and effort 
if there are other skill sets you could be working on. If your shooting's not exactly where you want it, or maybe there's tactics conversations, or you'd rather spend the time in the dojo doing jujitsu or something. Okay, cool, rock and roll. Um, but if you're running that like two and a half seconds from an SLS, I, I would say that allocating time and effort to draw stroke and looking at the position of the gun on your body, and if your department will allow you via their SOPs to maybe slightly modify holster position, location, things of that nature, to consider that. Does that make sense? Yeah, same. absolutely. Okay, and then same thing as a civilian, right? I mean, you know, if you're if you're rocking that strong side and you've got a reason you can articulate, um, and and I, and again, I don't care if that reason is I don't want it pointed at my junk. I don't agree with that reason. I've been carrying appendix for a decade. Um, that's that's a shooter comfort, shooter competence issue, but they go hand in hand, and that's that's fine. But just acknowledge that it's it's going to cost you a quarter second. Maybe, maybe more. a half second. Maybe more. Yeah, depending on yeah. depending on time of year, what covered garment you're wearing, etc. And how far how far past ah. three o'clock? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, every 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 thirty minutes past three o'clock is probably two a, tenths of a second. It's something. It's measurable. Yeah, it's measurable. I think you could probably articulate it, playing around with it, and see. Um, it's also visually. So we talk about if there's if you know if we look at the history of civilian gunfights that we have on video, um, uh, John Correa, C O R R I E R A, is a dude who does it's active self protection. Um, yeah. If you Google John Correa, videos will come up. The dude has researched I don't know somewhere north of twenty thousand freaking videos, and th there are like two videos out there where somebody either attempted to or did outdraw a gun pointed at him or something like that but the vast majority of times you're not going to draw you're not going to outdraw a gun already pointed at you so you're going to wait till something distracts the bad guy and then surreptitiously draw your gun cool totally good just understand that you know you want to be as fast as you can be but there's also a reality check around if the situation allows as a civilian the bad guy unfortunately definitely gets a choice in our gunfight as civilians because he's likely aggressing it and creating the environment and the situation. And until we can gain the power curve back legally, until that event allows us to happen like that, you got to do what you got to do with what you got. Yeah. So understanding all those things. Okay. Sorry, that's my preaching yeah. point to start off with. Around holster <laughs> position, efficiency, draw strike, that kind of thing. Yeah, one of the other big things, um, running appendix. Uh, I've been running appendix for, what, six years now? Probably, Something like yeah. that. Yeah. About that. Uh, it's a lot less movement. It's a lot less yes. big movements. So if you are trying to get that surreptitious draw and kind of get the drop on somebody when they're distracted, you're yeah. doing a lot less movement that could re-attract their attention. Exactly. That's a true statement. So I think that's where I started to go with that. But the only thing, well, anyway, yeah. Short, <laughs> short memory span. <laughs> ah, this ADD moment brought to you by. Yeah. Okay, cool. Next. Um, uh, so, yeah, it's working. Like I guess the the thing with the the draw stroke stuff, we ran a couple iterations of what well, ended up being like applied doubles. Yeah. Because uh, we were shooting four targets in an array with vision barriers and stuff, and so there were a bunch of guys that were just really really slow off the draw. Yeah. Like north of two seconds uh, for what should have been like under one eight, like one seven. Yeah. Uh, so what we did, and this comes from. Uh, the block that I did down at Practical Shooting Training Group Summit with um, Fabio, I forget his Fabio's last name, but he, he goes by My Own Defender on the web and on Instagram and stuff. Okay. Uh, and I think Prank has done a bunch of this too in some Instagram videos, but basically breaking down 
the components of the draw into like 0.3 second chunks. Okay. And then practicing those chunks in isolation and then eventually we brought them together. Yeah. Uh, so the first thing was just clearing the cover garment and getting a grip on the gun um, in 0.3 seconds after the beep. Uh, we did that, what, 15, 20 times? A fair, yeah, fair number. Uh, a fair yeah. number. Um, and it kind of forced people to go, oh, like I need to move my hands really, really fast because I only have 0.3 a second. And I need to solve some <clears throat> issues with cover garments yeah. depending on where I'm at, um, you know, depending on where I'm carrying on my body. You've got, when you start going to strong side, the cover garment's a hell of a lot harder to get up and out of the way. And that's the, the cover garment has to move a lot Period. further. Yeah. yeah. Period. And your hands have to move a lot further too. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and then after that, uh, we started with the hand on the gun and then basically bringing, starting with the, the hand of the gun and the gun in the holster to the hands coming together in 0.3 of a second. Yeah. Uh, and that was another eye-opening moment for a lot of people like, oh, I need to move my hands really, really fast here. Yep. Uh, yeah, if, it, if, if this part of your draw stroke looks and feels like some kind of over stylized Hollywood slow motion Kata. hero thing, yeah. um, you're not moving fast enough. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that, the other thing too, this is, this is actually likely the portion of the draw stroke that gets you into trouble from a safety perspective, trying to go fast or sets you up to get into trouble trying to go fast. When you're snatching the gun, where's your trigger finger at, it indexed high and on the side of the gun, etc. Because this is the snatch up to what we would probably call the traditional number three position where your yeah. hands come together and the gun at that point should probably be pointed down range um, in a safe direction to let a round fly, uh, but that doesn't make it a non-ND event if you let a round fly and you didn't want to kind of conversation. Yep. So when you're trying to speed these things up, the drawing going from the grip on the gun to the three position gave you a lot of opportunities to confirm where's my trigger finger at. If I want to go fast, I need to know where my trigger finger's at because somewhere between here and the punch out is when somebody has that ND, that early push on the gun, that's like that, oh, I was going too fast and my finger was in the wrong place. So this is a great opportunity to train dry and run that aspect of it and maybe set your phone up and you know run some video or something like that uh, of, your, of you doing this a number of times just to go back and kind of review it especially as you start to get tired or get lazy toward the end of the reps, if you're doing a bunch of them in a row, you start doing this 20, 30, 40 times with reset. It's, it's, I'm not gonna say it's a workout, but it's an attention getter. Yeah. Yeah, it's an attention getter. So, and see where you're at and see when you're trying to go fast and snatch the gun and then get it up to that position where you could theoretically press that first shot off. Where's everything at? Is the gun in a safe position? When you're drawing it out of the holster, are you potentially doing weird crap where you're flagging the dude next to you or you're not pointing it where you want to be pointing it get efficient and, and you know clean that up this is a good opportunity to do that i probably that part of it i will practice getting my hand on the gun on a regular basis um not not drawing it just getting my hand on the gun and clearing the garment on a regular basis just as almost like a a weird little quirky habit because i work in a gun store and can do it um but drawing the gun and getting it up to that eye level or chest level is a little bit different beast and not something you can do without kind of setting everything aside and stopping whatever you're doing so this was, I like the reps on that a lot. Plus, if you do it right, it sets you up for. Yeah, so then the, the next part was basically going from hands together yep. to the gun, you know, but like at the eye target line, yeah. um, index on the target, um, and another point three. Yeah. Uh, so in this case, you know, we're not, not necessarily, we weren't necessarily squeezing off the shot, mm -hmm. but we had a decent sight picture 
um, again in like point three after having the hands together. Yeah. And which, then we, which confirmation would you say in that drill we should have been chasing? With that, if we were looking at the ten yard target, would have been like a confirmation two. Okay. Um, so okay. some like basically we're guaranteeing a C zone or better hit. Yeah. Um, yeah, and this a lot of a lot of the site refinement um, comes down to the individual shooter. Yep. You know, the more that this gets practiced and refined, kind of the better we're able to deliver, you know, the dot or the sites um, to exactly where we want it mm -hmm. on the target every time. Yeah. Uh, and it kind of also knowing, you know, how how good or not good you are at establishing, you know, a really good grip very quickly. Yeah. And then also being able to drive the trigger straight to the rear at speed yeah. uh, makes a big difference in whether you know, that really fast draw results in two alpha at 10 yards or two Charlies at 10 yards. Or worse. Or worse. Yeah, or worse. Um, yeah I mean, if we were doing this on a five-yard target, um, probably confirmation one. Yeah. Um, just off the index. Yeah. Uh, so we did that. We did each of those steps probably, what, 20, 20 times in isolation, and then we did a bunch of reps of trying to put it all together, I think with a part-time at 1.2. Um, even the guys from strong side were suddenly able to get maybe not there every time but pretty close to it yeah. and there were there were a lot of light bulbs that went off yeah, we, I mean, like, we had, oh we, I need to actually move my hands fast yeah which some guys and, go from from over two to to consistently under two legitimate legitimate movement in that time frame yeah. you know legitimately faster just from that little bit of reps it's amazing what a little bit of focused work does yeah huh uh, one of the other parts of the conversation around doing this guys, um, we, you know, we've been stressing a lot trying to take the, the tension out of the back and the shoulders and stuff like that and get the gun up in front of you. The more athletically loose you can be at the beep, uh, the more likely you are to be able to fire your muscles to get your hands where you want them to be and get the gun where you want it to be and get it up in front of you if you're loose from the beep and can get to it. Um, which is where you want to end up anyways when you have the gun up in front of you ready to shoot. The only really big tension should be probably from your left elbow forward if you're right-handed, and that's crushing the gun with your left hand. Everything else should be, I'm, I'm going to use, a, I don't know how to describe this other than athletically loose. And I guess the analogy I would use, when you watch a boxer, a real boxer bouncing around the ring on their toes moving, you can see their musculature moving loose comfortable not tightened up not tensed up you can see stuff moving and bouncing because they've got muscles in there jumping up and down on their toes until they go to launch that shot until they go to launch that punch then everything tightens up enough to do that and then come back in it's that same kind of mentality keep everything loose except for your left hand you know to you know fire the shot and go from there kind of mentality but staying loose helps us a lot if you're tense you have to overcome the tension to get to move and that doesn't work yeah so, you know, and I and that's probably some basic, you know, coaching sports BS from way back that, you know, just being rearticulated kind of the same way. So Yeah, it does feel kind of counterintuitive. Uh, I think a lot of shooting historically has been everything very locked and rigid. Turtle. Uh, and in this case, yeah, being being loose is important. Yeah. Uh, starting running the draw, trying to just work the strong side arm you know below the elbow yeah like from the elbow down moving it and keeping the shoulders out yeah helps a lot with keeping the tension from getting involved the shoulder tension from getting involved in the first place yeah 
Um, it's a lot easier to pull off if you're running appendix because there's just less movement in general that has sure. to happen. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. I think you're also, you're utilizing less big muscles as well. When you start going to the sweep to get to strong side, there's a lot of lat engagement. There's a lot of rhomboid and trap engagement and stuff like that. Um, where it's really hard to not move your shoulders, turn your body, do a lot of big movement stuff that's visual that we talked about. It's very mm -hmm. seeable. Um, but with the appendix end of it, you know, just, just getting the shirt out of the way enough and doing you know, maybe that Jedi cheat where you're kind of hooked on your shirt a little bit ready to go or your thumb hook deal, you know, in your pants where you're right there and you know you're touching your shirt, you're ready to rock. Um, all those little things add up. And bear in mind, we're training this from the mentality of, not from an IDPA match where you you know you, you got to be in whatever position or USPSA match where you got to be in whatever position. We're training this from the idea of how can I look like a not a threat out somewhere yeah. in the world and then get to being a threat as quickly as possible. Yeah, I would say you want to look like you're bored at Bed Bath Beyond, but that yeah. isn't a thing anymore. Yeah, that's not a thing anymore. So I'm so sad. Oh, I don't, no, I don't care. Cool. Uh, okay, cool. So that the draw thing, you know, again, yeah. you keep harping on this. I keep saying. I don't think a sub one second draw is like the, it's cool. It's cool. And if you can do it, awesome. And if you've earned it, awesome. That's very cool. If you can do it safely, especially, mm -hmm. um, there's dudes out there who, who put the time in and they've earned it, but they do everything else well too. So I think it's awesome for those guys. If it's a party trick for you and you can't hit shit after getting the gun out quickly, nobody cares. So bear that in mind. Yeah. I will say being like being sub one eight, sub one five, I think is important. I would agree with that. Cause I, it gives you yeah. a lot more time if you do need to make a low percentage shot where you need confirmation three. Yeah. You have the extra time to work the sights and yeah. get the shot. Yeah. Yeah. And there was just a conversation around that. You know, we talk about 10 yards versus 25 yards and stuff like that. Um, you know, Pat, Pat Rogers used to talk about how you don't need to close on the bad guy to deal with the bad guy or shoot the bad guy or shoot back at the bad guy. The bullet's going to get there really damn quickly. So, you know, you don't need to get any closer. And that's that kind of pit bull mentality close with and destroy, you know, Marine Corps, hoorah, blah, blah, blah. Okay, cool. That's cool. But the bullet's going to do the work for you. That works for the bad guy too. So the bad guy's far away thinking, you oh, well, distance is my friend. I've got distance is time. Um, bullets move pretty quick. Yeah. So when you're talking about something that's covering a thousand feet per second uh, or more, uh, that's not a good mentality. Get the gun out, get it in the fight, and then take whatever time you need to make the hit safely, responsibly, and go on. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, can we talk about this? Kind of the same thing. This kind of segues kind of well into the port, drawing yeah. and getting to the port. Um, because we had guys who were drawing and then, and the port was set up. I, I'm going to guys, I, I'm, I'm five, eight and a half on a really good day, five, nine in cowboy boots. So the port was set up so that I had to kind of crouch down just a little bit. It wasn't like I was taking a knee. It wasn't like I was doing a full squat. Um, that kind of stuff. But I had to crouch to get down to where I could see the targets through the port. And so from that, it, it like the, there's... The port, we cut out basically the A zone and half the C zone of a yeah. USPSA target. Yeah. And then ran it horizontally. Yeah. And so the port was dipped to where it was like more, maybe like just the very bottom of your shoulders, top of your chest was where you had to get down to to see through it or get under to see through it. So it wasn't like you were dropping to the floor or something like that. Um, but a lot of guys were, were doing some stuff where they were like drawing the gun, then bending over. And if you got that big, that big, big movement, big shoulder movement draw stroke, it was a lot of up to get the gun out and then a lot of back down versus just coming down and drawing the gun at the same time. Um, there were some conversations around that. How big's your belly? How big's your shirt? What are you doing? How do you move? What's your mobility look like? And all those things. But when you started pointing out to people, hey, 
let's draw the gun and squat down at the same time, or let's draw the gun and crouch at the same time, or let's, if we got to pivot a leg back for the draw stroke aspect of things to do that, then let's go ahead and do that. And it was interesting to see how slow the draws were initially, and then how much faster they got on top of the draw stroke practice. Yeah. It was huge. It was big. It, went, it was bigly. It went from two and a half, three seconds in some cases to generally two or better in most cases. Uh, seconds a long time. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of interesting. Yeah. Seconds basically taking five rounds. Yeah. At wherever you're at. Yeah. And that, so this takes us to a whole nother topic that I'm not even, I'm just going to, I'm just going to touch it and step back out. Um, if, if all your training, drawing the gun is dead feet, do something different figure something out where you're moving and drawing the gun or you're moving and doing other stuff because movement is going to matter. And if you do all this stuff, it's great to practice it in isolation, but then apply it. And this is part of it, applying it to where you're squatting down or moving, even if it's just a step, you know, that Opata one step off the X completely safe now, um, or or whatever, you know, that mentality, but put something, you know, add that to it. When you, you know, if you're at that two second draw stroke, okay, work on a faster draw stroke. But if you're at one and a half, then maybe work in movement on it, you know, whether that's lateral or whether that's to a dip, to a knee, to a whatever. Do something, but work that too. Yeah. Because we, we, we all we all needed to the first couple reps. It wasn't it wasn't like that intuitive same speed to the first shot thing. Yeah. It took everybody a little more time. Yeah, so the whole idea behind shooting through the port um, with a little bit of vision barrier stuff was really trying to isolate trying to separate the upper body uh, from the lower body and get them to work somewhat independently uh, because the idea was to shoot the same speed with regards to pairs um, yeah. as we would just normally you know if we we're shooting doubles drill yeah uh, or I guess the last time we were out we were shooting kind of the same array uh, but there was it was just straight up standing up yeah uh, nothing going on so in this case you had to kind of get into like a half squat um, with some potentially some rotation uh, if you, depending on how you set up with the port, the fourth target you could take with a kind of a hard lean, yeah, um, and not have to move your feet. Um, yeah, some guys it was like the shuffle for every target. Yeah, um, some of us were doing more, you know, rotation and bending with the knees and torso. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the idea, overall idea is, you know, if we if we separate the upper body from the lower body, we should be able to run nearly the same performance as we would just square on the target yeah um, even though we've moved around a little bit yeah and i noticed that i was having a hard time getting to the fourth target so i basically just made the conscious decision i was going to draw shoot two targets and then shuffle a skosh and then shoot the other two targets um there there were some folks who were moving a lot doing a lot of footwork um that i think again efficiency and and comfort with that and stuff like that and and maybe you know we've talked a little bit about dropping the weight on whichever knee is really all you need to do to do some transition yeah some significant transition um you know you start going you know 45 degrees or 60 degrees maybe things change a little bit from there depending on what's in your way and in this case you were already dropped down your center of gravity was already lower so doing the pivot i would say it wasn't impossible it just for me it felt like I was struggling to get my upper body separated enough to make the fourth hit that it was faster just to take that one step and go ahead and pop the shot off. So, and that one step was probably coming with the transition to the third target. Yeah. It's like, I'm here, I'm gonna take that step because I, I had a clear shot on that target, I'm gonna go ahead and transition, bang, bang, and then I'm already there, bang, bang, on the second, or fourth, I guess in this case, third and fourth. Yeah. yeah. So, and, and work your way through that and do it different ways and see which way is faster. 
you may find that the way that's comfortable may not be the fastest way. And I would guess that's where I was. Just that I probably could have sped it up just by setting up better. So I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Yeah. Anytime like taking that step out uh, was probably three to four tenths of a second. Easy. Easy. Like every, Easy. every time somebody stepped was an extra yeah. 0.3 or 0.4. Yeah, unless they were trying to shoot over it. Yeah. Unless you're trying to shoot over it. And we were the furthest target was 10 yards. So that was doable. It's not like you're walking or running. You're right. literally just kind of sliding a foot. So yeah. to doing the shot on the movement, it's not a big deal, I didn't think. So, yeah. Said the guy who missed that third target. Well, didn't miss it, but didn't get A's consistently on that third target. I was throwing a lot of C's on that third one for whatever yeah. reason. So, yep. Yeah. Uh, another exercise we did is we brought out a five-gallon bucket. Uh, we forced somebody to put a foot on the bucket Arr. and then do the exercises. A little of the captain in you. Uh, the idea with this is, again, trying to force kind of a lean um, without have, forcing someone to to get like this exaggerated lean around a barrier yeah. with um, more vision stuff going on. But just kind of work that that concept of, okay, I can lean and I can still shoot the pistol yeah. um, and just kind of practice that skill in isolation. What I don't understand, though, is because we weren't all tensed up and turtled up with our shoulders hunched forward and our ears down to our shoulders and like our butt sticking out and doing like the steady squat. I don't understand how we all didn't get knocked on our ass with the mighty recoil of the nine millimeter auto pistol. Um, you know, I mean, how do you do that? How do you manage the recoil of a hand cannon, um, you know, like a Glock 45 in nine millimeter, uh, super powerful gun? How can you do that with only one foot on the ground? Just fine. Yeah. 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 It's, you know, handguns guys in general, uh, you know, we, we joke around this in the store. The guy comes in, yeah, when I was in basic training, I shot a 45 ACP and it knocked me on my ass. <laughs> You're a giant wuss. <laughs> or you were back then anyway. Um, until you took it up Guadalcanal. Then it was cool. Um, but there's a reality check around, you know, the pistol recoil is just not significant enough that you, if you're loose, huh, we're back to that. Yeah. If you're loose, you know, let the gun do what it's going to do and, and just transition to the targets and do your thing. I don't think anybody's times changed dramatically doing that um and it would the point was made about you know not everything not having to be exactly perfect yeah just make it work so yep yep yep, yep. yeah and then our last run we kind of introduced there was a very specific spot to stand uh we took the vision port out of the way and it was trying to work with some intermediate barriers yeah so sort of like tracking the a zone but without the movement yeah um but just kind of keeping the gun presented the whole time you're finding the targets, um, engaging them as you saw them, yeah. and then yeah, trying to really work the target transition speed. Um, yeah, that that was fun. Um, we that that was one of those drills where I don't, I don't know if we said it or not, but everybody kind of ran it and then said, "Okay, now I'm going to try and outrun my headlights." And the guys shaved some stuff off and realized that with the lean, a little bit of weight shift, a little bit of knee bend, a little bit of drop, and and CG really guys were able to do some things i think they're kind of like oh wow when i really speed this up um and 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 with our group there were some dudes who like the hits in my mind throwing a d it's like gah but the reality check is it was still around on me in most cases yeah. there there were a couple mics there were some mics thrown out there you know um but there's a reality check those were on that 110 115 percent run and then when everybody brought it back in it was ac's easy at not much slower yeah. because you were combining all the things we've done between the draw stroke, the visual transition aspect of the previous drills, and then how you're using your body, separating top from bottom or dropping your weight this side or the other. I don't know. The culmination of that kind of came together. I think some guys had some runs at the end that they were like, okay, sweet. 
Yeah. 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 And then doing this, um, kind of the, the first two targets, one was about five. Mm-hmm. The other one was somewhere between seven and eight yards. Yeah. And guys started to really play with the idea of like, okay, I can engage the first target confirmation one. Yeah. Just off the index of the gun, um, like a flash, a sight picture. Yeah. And then in shooting right away versus trying to make that the sight picture of that five yard target perfect. Yeah. Like I think we probably would have done six months ago. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And and uh, the other thing too is I know um, we went back to discussing finding that when when the wheels fell off when the guys pushed it well over 100 percent and the wheels fell off went back to that finding a specific spot on the target to put the rounds because some of it was um i've got i've got a i've got target brown behind my sights i'm going to start pressing shots off and that's when things got a little wild i didn't see guys over swinging what i saw guys doing was pressing that that first shot on that target was was generally left and it wasn't pressing the trigger left it was there's there's target behind my sights. I'm pressing the shot off, and then the second shot maybe was in, but the first shot was a was a CD or or a little rough. But again, the point you know I don't we didn't tell anybody to push it at that point, but I think everybody just kind of chose to because yeah. hey, it's the end of the night. Let's kind of hot rod this and see what we can get out of it. And it was fun to watch everybody rein it back in for the last run or two and go, okay, cool, there we are. And again, some some pretty good times out of some pretty good personal times for each dude. I don't think anybody there's setting the world on fire. You know, there's no GM classes, but it was fun. Yeah, it was definitely exciting to see improvement yes. be- between the beginning of the night and the end of the night. Um, some guys going, you know, finding honestly 20%. Yes. Uh, between yeah. their, you know, where they started and where, yeah. kind of where they finished up. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And and again, you know, our group of guys, is there's, there's a disparity in skill sets there just based on reps, just based on time, just based on having done competition or not, and some different things like that. And so uh, the, the guys that that are, that have acknowledged, you know, hey, you know, need more reps on this, because I'm they've been rifle dudes their whole lives, or shotgun guys their whole lives, or whatever, but the pistol is one of those things where it's like, hey, this thing's a little bit harder, but they're doing the reps now. Um, those guys can make some really quick leaps, and that takes us back around to why I would say something like, if you're not sub two seconds on your draw strip, then sure, spend a bunch of time on it. If you're sub one and a half, but your shooting's not exactly on point, I'd work on your shooting. And if you've got all that nailed down, then cool, let's go ahead and apply that to some tactics at this point. Yeah. Yeah. When the you know, hard skills, hard skills, hard skills, and then apply it to tactics. Yeah. I would say, like, I've found, I don't know, probably two, three tenths of my draw stroke over the last three, four months. Consistently. Uh, but I've yeah. done it, I think I've done maybe one dry fire session where I actually focus specifically on specifically on the draw stroke yeah everything else has just been running drills like blake drill uh, mm-hmm. pistol cross wide transitions yeah with really aggressive part times we're having a fast draw yeah is kind of necessary to be able to make the part time sure and and let's not forget that um part of the draw strokes visual the last part right yeah. i mean the last part where you're getting the gun up in front of your eyes and you need to see shit um, that's visual. So doing the visual training aspect of it is going to help that last third of the draw stroke anyway. It all goes together. Yep. Yep. So yeah, good stuff. Um, I, I don't know. I, you know, I, I enjoyed the training night. Again, a good progression. Just a good progression. When you're when you're setting up, going out on the range to do this stuff. If you're if you're fortunate enough, like we are, to have some place where you can go, come out of the holster. Um, you know, do some mild movement. Number one, make sure you're doing it safely. If you don't know what you're doing, go get training, go take a class, have somebody teach you how to do it, 
or go learn how to do it in a class uh, as part of the class curricula, you know, whatever. You don't have to specifically take a class on movement, but if you go learn how to draw and how to move in a class, then gosh, you can apply it here. But do it safely, do it somewhere you, where you can do it safely. Have somebody else out there with you or, or multiple people out there with you that you can keep an eye on each other, give each other pointers, help each other out, but most of all, keep everybody safe and do this stuff. It's, it's a hell of a lot of fun, and I think it's pretty valuable. So, yeah, good times. Yeah. Good times for have by all. Yep. Uh, on that note, as we come across interesting things, we try to get them posted up to our social media. I mean, follow us along on Facebook and Instagram. On Facebook, we're Cap City Outfitters. On Instagram, we're Cap City Outfitters too. On our website, capcityoutfitters.com, you can find information such as how to do an FFL transfer or how to purchase a suppressor via our storefront over at silencershop.com. Also on the website, you can sign up for our newsletter that comes out on Fridays or drop us an email to info at capcityoutfitters.com. And then we're here in Hilliard, Ohio. We're at 4465 Cemetery Road. We're in front of the Aldi's. We're directly next to Louis Fusion Drill. Uh, we're here 10 to 5 Tuesday through Friday and then 10 to 3 on Saturdays. We look forward to seeing you soon. Thanks for tuning in, guys.